tell you first what feels different. As you mentioned, we're living in a post-Roe era, and that was something that was met with applause every time someone took to the stage to say just that. And then, of course, there's signs around here that say, I'm living in a post-Roe generation. And so for people who are here, these, of course, we know these are opponents to abortion rights. And for them, when we ask them, hey, Roe was overturned, we know that this was the platform for March for Life. It was started the year after Roe v. Wade as a way to protest Roe versus Wade. And so for them, my question was, so you're still here. What keeps you here? And so what I'm seeing from both sides is they say they were galvanized by Dobbs in very different ways. We had a chance to speak to both sides. Take a listen. Students for Life of America was was founded as a post-Roe organization because we always envisioned this day when it would happen. Not if Roe would be reversed, but when. And now that it has, we've already mobilized thousands of students all over the country. Um, and so to think that, oh, our work is done, well, our work just begun. Like, we've got 50 individual state-by-state -state battles that we need to tackle. And even so, this is a culture war. Like, the, the mission of Students for Life is not just to make abortion illegal, it's to make abortion unthinkable. And so there is a reason why their march takes them to the Supreme Court and then right over here to the Capitol, because for them, they say this is where the next step is. We know that abortion right now on a state level, roughly two dozen, we're approaching the two dozen level states that have either banned or severely limited abortion. We know that there are three. There is an ongoing legal battle. And the conversation around abortion and abortion access has dramatically changed. We know the FDA has changed their guidance around farm pharmacies being able to dispense abortion pills, which makes abortion access even easier. So when it comes to the wins and losses here, Roe was overturned, as we know. But then with that FDA guidance change, that was something that was seen as, okay. you know, a success. Absolutely. Ab absolutely incredible. MSNBC ran a, a, a legitimate fair piece on the March for Life. I want to go quickly. We've got Harmie, Dylan, Mike Davis on deck. I want to go to Mo Bannon, who's going to be in studio in the D block. Uh, Captain Bannon, uh, give us your quick summary of uh, of today's march. It looked like pretty intense. If you're near the Supreme Court, what happened? It was very intense, very powerful, a lot of momentum out here, great morale, you know, a lot of young families out here, you know, parents that brought their children. I actually saw a sign from one of the ladies in the march there was a picture of her mother, and it said, my mother and I marched 10 years ago, and it pointed to her mother's stomach. Her mother was pregnant with her marching 10 years ago at the March for Life. But this is the first March for Life post-Roe, and you could get the sense that people understand that is a huge victory, but that's not where the fight stops. We have to continue fighting for the unborn and keep voicing for them since they are voiceless. Uh, Mo, we'll see you here in the D Block uh, in studio. You're also going to join us tomorrow morning. We're trying to get Father Pavone, Jason Jones, Lejour, and a bunch to give summaries today because you're absolutely correct. Uh, the fight is uh, the fight is on in 50 states and still a lot to do at the federal level. Thank you. Uh, thank Real America's Voice it, for all it, the coverage it, today. It, you guys on Getter. Go ahead. I. I just wanted to address that it was a very, very peaceful event, and there were some counter-protesters here, um, but that the pro-life movement is very, very powerful, and it was a very great march for life. Perfect. Glad to hear this. Some people were co concerned about would they still have the momentum and the uh, 
intensity since uh, Roe's been overturned. Okay, we'll see you back here at studio for D-Block. Captain Bennett at the March for Life. Tomorrow we're going to start the show. We're going to have some March for Life. Also have a lot on vaccines tomorrow. We're going to be jammed because we're spending a ton of time on this RNC throwdown. We have Harmeet Dillon joins us. Uh, Harmeet, uh, one week from today, we'll either be you'll either have an RNC chair or you'll be in the 10th uh, ballot. Uh, tell us how it's going. We had Rana on and Mike Lindell on d- this morning in the 6 o'clock hour. We've got uh, Caroline Wren. We have Kurt Schlichter. We're going to have Anthony Sabatini. Uh, we've got uh, Kelly Ward. So a lot of people thrown in here. Give us your perspective of where you stand one week out uh, from this uh, very important vote to uh, head the RNC. Well, thanks for having me. We have the momentum with us in this race. We are picking up votes every single day. It is a hand-to-hand combat, and we are you know, flipping people, and then Rana's trying to flip them back, and a lot of accusations flying and, and a lot of uh, defensiveness, I think, on the part of the incumbent for six years, having had the opportunity to lead. And here we are today. And so I feel pretty good about where we are. And a lot of deal making and a lot of convincing and a lot of uh, uh, persuasion is going to happen on site next week. And so we're looking forward to closing the deal next week in Dana Point, California. In, in Dana Point, you're going to work the flu. You think this... I. Take it that this goes old school, original gangster floor fight. Is that what you're anticipating that you're going to get out there and it's going to be when you're in face to face with all the 168? That's when the real that's when the real pressure will start to come and it'll be like an old convention floor fight like in the old days. Well, we haven't had one of these for 12 years, and so I wasn't at that one. I've been at the RNC for six years, and Rana wasn't either. But some members have been, and so, yes, they've described, you know, people, members on the floor. There'll be stanchions, velvet stanchions, so only members can be, you know, on the floor talking to other members. And so I have a whip team of numerous members, and and so does Rana. I think uh, Mike Lindell is a little bit of a disadvantage there in that regard, um, you know, given the size of his support amongst the committee, although... I welcome his participation. I think he has a lot to offer our party. When I'm the chair, I'll certainly make some uh, some room to include him, his great ideas. Well, the Washington Post is reporting, and I asked Ronald about it today. She said it was a lie. She never said that, that the Washington Post is reporting today about the intensity of this race. And they said that Rana is telling members that she's the only one that can, uh, if Trump does lose the primary, She's the only person that could keep Trump from running third party. She she denied today, said she never said that, and people are making it up. Although the Post, I think we're saying that these are these are allies of hers. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, ma'am? Multiple members have told me she said exactly that in those words, that she's the only member of the RNC, the only candidate for chair who can control Donald Trump in the event that he loses the primary. And um, I actually had to have a remember, member repeat that back to me because I found the statement so shocking and extraordinary because, I mean, it's it, obviously nobody can control Donald Trump, but the arrogance of saying that is, is pretty shocking. So needless to say, uh, I, I think that's we're, we're going to have many candidates for president in this uh, in this primary and, and one of them is going to win. And the others aren't. And so, you know, I saw Rana's remarks earlier. I do agree that people need to support whoever wins. And I think that's an important concept. But in terms of controlling people and so forth, I think that's, I mean, it's like, oh, you know, I'm going to save Earth from the asteroid. It's, it's ridiculous. 
Uh, so your because she said, "Hey, uh, Harmeet and her team are lying about me uh, uh, being her being uh, Rana about the expenses and other things." Your checkings with people verify the fact that she said she said that she could control Trump and the only person that could keep him from running third party. You you're, you verified yes. that. Yes, multiple members have confirmed that to me. And after you know, I, I I couldn't believe it when I heard it, so I actually asked around. And so oh, yeah, that she said that to me two weeks ago. She said that to me three weeks ago. People looked on their phones and remembered the date because they all remembered the conversation. So, look, regardless, I mean. I guess if you're trying to keep your job, you're going to say whatever you feel like you need to say to persuade people. But I'm trying to be pretty straightforward and tell folks what I'm going to do for the next two years to help Republicans up and down the ticket win elections. Part of that is a fair primary process. I've spoken to several of the likely presidential candidates and assured them that the RNC is going to have a level playing field for them. And uh, I think everybody knows where I stand on the issues as well. I'm a, I'm a conservative. I'm an America first conservative, and and I you know want to make sure that we are, uh, are are promoting all of our Republican candidates up and down the ticket. Harmeet, uh, we got a week to go. How do people follow you? Social media, website, all of it. Well, uh, I'm at DylanForRNC.com. D-H-I-L-L-O-N-F-O-R-R-N-C.com. On social media, I'm at at P-N-J-A-B-A-N on Twitter and on Instagram. And my team is constantly pumping out information there. And, uh, you know, we're really busy. We're working down to the wire. And I appreciate this opportunity. No, we follow you guys. You're putting out stuff all the time. Uh, Harmeet, thank you. Real America's Voice in War Room. We're going to do wall-to-wall coverage of this next week. So, uh, Harmeet, uh, thank you very much. Honored to have you on here. Thanks for having me. Uh, we'll have additional six o'clock hour uh, is going to be pretty intense. We've got some people worked up uh, Sabatini out of Florida, Kelly Ward out of uh, Arizona, Caroline Wren, Kurt Schlichter, the columnist over town hall will join us also about this race as it intensifies. Uh, let's play the, um, I tell you what, I want to bring in Mike Davis real quickly. Mike, uh, the audience thinks so highly of you. He's been a contributor with us, I guess over the last year or so. Uh, you're for Harmy Dillon, uh, as I remember correctly. What, what is? Why have you jumped in here and support Harmy Dillon? I am absolutely for Harmy Dillon. I think she is a conservative warrior. The job is, of the RNC chairman is to win elections, and uh, you, you don't get participation trophies if you lose. It's uh, how many times are we going to lose elections and keep rehiring the same political leaders in this party? We need to get smart. Harmeet Dillon knows how to fight. She knows how to win. She's a savage lawyer. She's been in she's been in the fight for many many years, and we need her expertise. We need to we need someone at the RNC who knows the mechanics of elections, uh, the legality of elections, and how to win them. And Harmeet is one hundred percent my choice. And the one hundred and sixty eight RNC members should get behind Harmeet Dillon. We need change in RNC leadership. Let me play the call. Somebody needs a lawyer, I think, is Joe Biden. Let's play the cold open, and I want to bring in, I want to ask Mike Davis about this. We owe more than I could take time to talk about today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, the only, I'll answer the question, but here's the deal. You know, what quite frankly bugs me is that we have a serious problem here we're talking about. We're talking about what's going on and the American people don't quite understand why you don't ask me questions about that. But having said that, what's your question? Is 
Okay, look. As we found, uh, we found a handful of documents were failed, uh, were filed in the wrong place. We immediately turned them over to the archives of the Justice Department. We're fully cooperating, looking forward to getting this resolved quickly. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there. Thank you. Mike Davis, uh, you've written an incredible piece uh, for Newsweek. I want to make sure that uh, Grace Chung, who's running all the chats today, puts it up everywhere and we get it up on Real America's Voice. Tell us about that. And then the New York Times, I kind of think it's a blockbuster story about what the inside thought. Give me your assessment right now. And Joe Biden's getting a little snippy. Mike Davis. Yeah, he's getting snippy because he got caught. And when his own attorney general, Merrick Garland, appointed a special counsel to investigate this, Yes, Joe Biden, there is something there. And for, for him to lash out at reporters and lash out at critics, uh, even put undue political pressure on uh, the Biden Justice Department, telling them to speed this up and there's nothing there, and leaking to reporters that Biden's angry at Merrick Garland's, uh, we're getting closer and closer to obstruction of justice with uh, President uh, Biden here. There, there is something there. He had four sets of classified records in three different unguarded locations. Uh, and they've been there for probably six years since he left the vice presidency. And these one set of these documents got moved at least twice. It got The documents got moved when he left the Obama White House on January 20th, 2017. One set got moved again when he moved into the China-funded Penn Biden Center in February 2018, unguarded. He didn't receive Secret Service protection for two and a half years during this time. From he, he got Secret Service protection for six months after he was the vice president, and he didn't get it again for two and a half years when he was a presidential candidate. There is a two and a half year gap where these classified records were unguarded by the Secret Service. And there's also very clear evidence that the Bidens were on Chinese and Ukrainian oligarchs payrolls. And there's also evidence that Hunter Biden had his Chinese agent, the Biden Chinese agent. They had a key made for this agent to get into one of these offices. So the FBI, uh, the Biden Justice Department, it's been an absolute cover up for two months. They were trying to collude with the Biden White House uh, inappropriately for the Biden Justice Department to collude with the Biden White House to try to put this to bed and make it go away. Mike, I know you got to bounce, but I just ask you to hold through the break. Mike Davis, we're going to finish over with Mike. Then we have Boris Epstein, Mike Howell from the Heritage. Uh, we're going down to the Darien Gap. We're going to talk to Mike Lindell, and we're going to finish up on the March for Life. Hang in there. Strap in. You're in the world. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. 
That's publicsq.com. Public, the word, the letters sq.com, and download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free, so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Um, I've got Mike Davis and Boris on this uh, investigation. Uh, Mike, in your article's amazing. The Newsweek article, so a piece you've got up in Newsweek. I want to make sure everybody reads that. New York Times, I think, kind of has a, a, a blockbuster, and I'm going to talk to, to Boris about that. But it, all this about what happened in the 68 days from the time they, quote-unquote, knew about it, that's still to be defined on the what, the second until mid-January, right? But it's still they and, and this is with the New York Times, by the way, the Times piece did not bring up the point that you said, hey, didn't have Secret Service protection for a couple of years. They said, well, the houses were OK because the Secret Service around. That's just when he since he's been president or right? since he's been the, the, the nominee from the Democratic Party. I, I want to go back to uh, the, the two November. We still don't know anything. except uh, Bob Bauer. What we know, he had a tight inner circle of Bob Bauer and a couple other people. But we still have. No information whatsoever on the six years from um, from the time he left the White House until uh, two November. Mike Davis. Yeah, remember where they found these documents? They found him in his personal files at the the abandoned office, the Penn Biden Center. His personal files. So again, he moved them from the White from the White House to somewhere else in 2017, then to the Penn Biden Center in 2018. They found these documents in his personal garage, and he admitted he knew that they were next to his his Corvette. So that that shows his criminal intent. They also found these documents in his personal study in his house next to his garage. So this was no accident. These are these are four sets of documents in three different locations, moved several times. And the Biden Justice Department works with the Biden White House to cover this up for two years. And during this same period of time. They ordered an unnecessary, unlawful, unprecedented home raid on former President Trump at the office of former president in Mar-a-Lago, heavily guarded by the Secret Service for documents that President Trump absolutely had the constitutional right as commander in chief and the statutory right under the Presidential Records Act to have in his possession. So he legally had documents. Garland sends in a home raid and... When they find out about the Biden documents on November 2nd, they keep it quiet for two months. Garland should have immediately appointed a special counsel for Biden. He can't investigate his own boss. So he does. He appoints a special counsel. But for whom? It was on November 18th for Trump. This just shows that Garland has politicized and weaponized the Justice Department to go after Trump and Biden's other political enemies and to protect Biden and Biden's sleazy family. Um, it's pretty stunning. And your piece in uh, Newsweek is is amazing. We're going to push that everywhere. Where do people get to you on social media, particularly on your Twitter and Getter account? You're putting up stuff nonstop that's uh, coming in a little hot, as we say. Yeah. It's article3project.org, article3project.org, at article3project, at article3project on Getter, 
Truth, Twitter, and my personal M-R-D-D-M-I-A, M-R-D-D-M-I-A. And thank you, Steve. Mike, the reason it's so important, you were the very first guy in the afternoon of 8 August to jump into this and start explaining this to people, Presidential Records Act, all of it. So you come with a special expertise in this right now and uh, credibility. So thank you so much. for. I know you're jammed today for carving time out to join us. Thank you very much. And the Trump, the, the Trump haters are awfully quiet right now, Steve. So thank you. Thank you for having me back on. Always, sir. So, Boris, uh, I got a question. It's not often the New York Times writes a piece that I think completely eviscerates. And I've I, I got to get behind the paywall and push this out everywhere. This piece that's out on the 68 days of, of, of Biden, it, it's so damning on every level. It's damning on Garland and the Justice Department, but it's particularly damning on Joe Biden. And you see that Bob Bauer and Anita Dunn, as I predicted, have had their hands all over this from the get-go. Uh, in fact, Boris, I might give you a head tip, too, on Anita Dunn and Bauer. I, th- I think you gave me an assist on that. Walk me through this article, which is a blockbuster today in the New York Times. Steve, honor me with you. Honor me with the posse. Another huge major day. And here's the deal, as you said, you've got the New York Times and the Washington Post doing these robust, let's be honest, powerhouse pieces just absolutely annihilating, annihilating Biden and his whole team. And today they call the 68 days of silence. They said, oh, Biden, when he first heard of these documents, they thought, oh, maybe we, maybe we, we try to draw a contrast on just how big and bad Donald Trump is. And Joe Biden is just such a good guy. Wrong, fail, utter fail. And the, and the collusion, the utter collusion between Biden's White House using taxpayer resources, which we talked about first year, exclusive for the war room posse, always signal not noise for the posse. The Biden White House, the Biden pathetic team, the Biden crime family, and the DOJ, the level of collusion raises the age-old question in Washington, D.C. It's not just the crime, but it's also the cover-up. It's not just the crime, but it's also the cover-up. So now you've got this New York Times that talks about the 60 days of silence, how they try to hide it, hide it from the American people, hide this disaster before the midterms, and how it's completely blown up in their face. And you know, Kareem Jean-Pierre's getting called out, Joe Biden's getting called out, and the chickens have not yet come home to roost, because now, now the Breitbart is reporting these secret letters going between the Biden team and DOJ. Meanwhile, President Trump's home gets raided and broken into. Meanwhile, the DOJ is leaking information that's under seal, under protective order. Meanwhile, President Trump and his supporters are being attacked. So it, it, the contrast couldn't be clear. President Trump said it in a robust powerhouse video in the last 24 hours. The fact of the matter is we don't have a single tier of justice system in this country. It's a two-tier system of justice. But President Trump is not going to be deterred. He's going to continue fighting for the American people. By the way, the, the, the part where they found it in, in their, their initial strategy was to go to the Justice Department and hope that the Justice Department kept it quiet before the midterms. And then after, they thought it upset it. And, and it's in black and white right there in the New York Times. Remember, Boris, also, from whatever happened on November 2nd today, the, the collusion part will, will pale when we go from November 2nd all the way to the day that Joe Biden left the White House, those six years. This is going to be, these are, ma- this is a crime scene. These are major crimes. These are major felonies. 
And what they've done now to lie about it is actually extraordinary. And it's stunning to me that the mainstream media, which is still trying to be a Praetorian guard, it's so outrageous that even they have to do some real reporting. Boris Epstein. It is outrageous. And Steve, the reason they have to report it is because it's so in your face. It's so blatant. And because what has happened is the Biden crime family thought that they were impenetrable. They thought that they could not be attacked. They thought that they could get away with anything and laugh and spit in the face of the American people. But now, again, they have failed to fool Americans. They have failed to fool the American public. And they're in, tr- and they're in real trouble here. And the information coming out about the rent payments in Delaware, the, the deals with the, Chinese, with the, with the company uh, from the Chinese Communist Party, all of that is a huge problem for Joe Biden and for those who control him. This is a major issue, and I, I do not see how the, the hopeless, pathetic Biden regime is going to get out of it. And let's be honest, the mainstream media is completely shooting him, uh, sending him overboard. They're, they're shooting him down. They're not interested. They're throwing, him, they're throwing him into the water because Biden isn't just terrible at his job. He's terrible at handling this crisis. Uh, Boris, how do people get to you? How they get to, what are your coordinates? Steve, thank you so much. The news is coming out. And first of all, I also want to point to the amazing poll numbers for President Trump dominating in Harvard-Harris, dominating in political morning conflict. President Trump dominating in both that's on the primary and the general election levels. Why? Because pre- the American people see the contrast between the pathetic, corrupt Joe Biden and the strength and leadership of President Donald J. Trump. The video this morning, another robust one on cutting back it's a terrible spending for Biden and saving Social Security and Medicare. My information, hot on the website, BorisCP.com, hot on BorisCP.com, sign up right now, hot on Getter at BorisCP, on Twitter at BorisCP, hot on Truth Social at Boris, and the hottest on the gram, Boris underscore Epstein. Stay strong, God bless, and Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, Boris. Let's go. Do we have Ben Burkwam and Oscar Blue? Ben, we got a couple minutes on this side. Uh, talk to us about uh, your uh, your travels today on the on the road uh, north, sir. Well, Steve, uh, I'm going to play some of the video. I think we have it ready in the studio. We, I went over to this the mountain that's actually just to our left, uh, right from here, Puerto Baldia, to a little community called um, Armila, and it's one of the it's Kuna villages, Guna villages. And it's shocking. So the first part of this video is the camp that's on the other side of the river from the village. This is the U.N. uh, camp that basically the Kuna had to set up because they were being overrun by illegals. And what you're seeing on the beach, there is more trash than sand. We spoke to one of the villagers and he said what happens is this the, the river that runs down to their village that the illegals travel on. They dump all of their trash along the banks of the river. And when the river floods, all of that trash washes down to their village and then the beat, the, the ocean pushes it back up onto the beach. And the saddest thing I saw all day today were kids from the tribe out there trying to play on the beach, trying to be kids in just a cesspool of feces and garbage that was brought to you. And, and, and one of the things to note here, there's these little containers, the styrofoam containers all over this beach, all over the beach that we were at yesterday. Those are all the food containers that are provided by the United Nations. So not only are they giving condoms and birth control before women enter this journey, they come and provide them food at some of these rest stops to keep them going on this journey as they're being raped, robbed, and murdered. And and then they leave the garbage for these villagers to have to deal with. It's just, it's, it's shocking. I mean, it's just, there's no other word for it. I got 30 seconds before I go to break. I want you and Oscar to hold over. Are these indigenous people being destroyed because of this, sir? 
Yes. Yes, absolutely, and it's and, and it's a copy paste. Every everywhere that you see a migrant camp, it is completely destroyed, and it is all over the place in the whole continent of America. And it is not only right here in the tribes, but they're right now that we're here, they're destroying the tribes, they're destroying their land, and it is just you know absolutely uh, sad to see that. Okay, we're gonna take a short break. We're gonna go back to the Darien Gap. We get Ben Burkwam. Oscar Blue Ramirez from Real America's Voice, Mike Howe from Heritage, another blockbuster story. He's here from the Oversight Project. Short break. Back in the war room in just a moment. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business, almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee, and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with covidtaxrelief.org. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bath. An incredible team of investigative reporters in the Darien Gap, and you're going to see, as we go to Mike Allen in a second with Heritage, what causes this. Uh, Oscar Blue Ramirez, give us your summary. You've been there for a couple of days with the indigenous people. Give us your summary. It is completely affecting their lives. It is it's sad to see this. But these international organizations and the NGOs that they're preaching that they are saviors of the world, that they are humanitarian, they're destroying lives of people. that They just want to live their lives. This mass migration came to the tribes. The tribes didn't ask for this. They don't want this. They want out of it. And not only that, it is contaminating in sicknesses and also in trash. And it is all over the place. It is not only that. It is Central America, South America, and North America. Everywhere that you have an international national migrant camp but it's a complete disaster uh michael jan you've, yeah, been, also, you've been down the daring gap now for a couple, a couple of years the osmotic flow is it getting worse there now or getting better it's definitely getting worse steve and the the migrants let's call it an invasion because that's what it is are doing worse things now breaking into the kuna villages that that oscar and ben were in yesterday uh that the village was ta- we're talking about how the the migrants use uh, uh, violence to get into the village, chopping down their coconut trees because they can't reach the coconut. These are the co- they make their living off these coconut trees. The Kuna Indians do, right? We saw I saw the same thing over in Greece, where Greek uh, men were complaining that uh, invaders coming across the Turkish border are chopping down 300-year-old olive trees, right? 
by the way, I saw the same thing in Afghanistan. I was with British forces, and we chopped down some trees for fields of fire, and uh, a, a local farmer bought a, bought a sniper rifle and shot one of the soldiers I was with in the face and killed him, right? So, I mean, chopping down people's trees is an act of war. This is how they make their living, right? And I was up with Sheriff Kenny Coe in, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in um in uh, Kenny County, uh, sorry, Brad Coe. Last time I was with him, there was rifles and pistols all around, of his, all around his office. You see, he just did a call out for patriots around America. And I asked him, Brad, why are there so many rifles and pistols in your office? And he said, because almost everybody we catch now, the coyotes, are armed. They were not armed before. This is an armed invasion, Steve. We have no southern border. Uh, Michael, Jan, thank you. Uh, ben, you're reporting with Oscar and Michael over the next couple of days. What's it going to be, and where can people go to find it? We're going to have you back on the show tomorrow morning, obviously, but where else can they get all your content? Well, stay tuned. Some of that's up in the air. Some of this, uh, you know, there's, there's some... Uh, uh dynamics going on down here but stay tuned uh we may be out of service for a little while and so but just keep it hooked to our social media real america's voice news and i know you've got mike lindell coming up next and i gotta tell you i wouldn't go to the jungle the darien gap without my my pillow so i know he's he's gonna be there but uh, my social media you gotta keep keep following it at ben burkwam b-e-r-g-q-u-a-m and then uh these guys oh michael yon at locals.com okay. Uh, Oscar Blue on Getter, Oscar Blue okay, on YouTube, uh, and Oscar Blue Ramirez.com, Real America's Voice News. Yes. Okay, listen, we don't have Macau down there. She's been, she's been in uh, reporting to us in, in Davos, so she can't be parental supervision. So I want you three guys, I want both of <laughs> you guys to look out for Jan, because he can get you in trouble quickly. <laughs> yeah. Guys, thank you so much. We'll see you on the show. Masako. We'll see you on the show Masako tomorrow. just, oh, I'm sorry. Masako. It was, All right. No, she's fantastic. She's great, but she's not there for parental supervision. She just, she just tracked thank down Greta. She just tracked down Greta. All right, we'll see you, brother. Oh, yeah, I heard of, I heard of it. Okay, see you tomorrow. Uh, Mike Howe over at Heritage, the Oversight Project, sir, you, you're suing guys all over the place. You're getting four-year requests. You're getting information. You've been able to give information on this blockbuster story on Fox. Tell us what you found and how Fox reported, sir. Right. So one that whipping hoax happened late last year where it was so despicable, where Mayorkas and Biden threw the board and agents under the bus. We knew we had to go out and get the docs and communications underlying that incident. Uh, and they didn't give them to us. So we did what we do best. We sued them. We aggressively went after after them and we're starting to get judicially mandated production of documents. This is our second batch. What we learned in this batch is that there was complete politicization from the jump in this incident at the highest levels of the Department of Homeland Security and Border Patrol. It completely tried spinning it as a political narrative. Meanwhile, you have pleas from the Border Patrol saying things like, our buses are being overrun by Haitian illegal aliens. Why are we not talking about these things and focusing on that? And then in response, you have a White House who instead of focusing on the chaos and mayhem caused by the invasion, go to the White House podium and proceed with this fake hoax narrative about whipping by Border Patrol agents of Haitians. It is fake news through and through. It was a known lie pushed by the White House and Secretary Mayorkas. It's impeachable conduct if I've ever seen it. And it just shows that this administration is, you know, absolutely hell bent on continuing this open border crisis and lying about it. This is Mike. I just want to remind people, this is where it was overwhelmed at the International Bridge with the Haitians. The optics were terrible, but the reality was even worse. The brave Border Patrol were just trying to get some order out of it. And you're saying the documents you found, they're in the Fox, they're in the Fox story. 
uh, shows it was the White House and, and DHS knew it was a lie when they pushed this whole narrative of these uh, cowboys on horses uh, whipping illegal aliens. Yep, absolutely. And we discovered that was a lie a couple months ago in our first batch of documents we got. We got a hot document that went to Mayorkas from his chief press person telling him right before he took to the White House podium to say that illegals were whipped. And in this document, it said there was no whipping. The people there who saw it said no whipping. In this second round of documents that we got, we see pleas from the Border Patrol to say, hey, our agents are being overrun by these Haitians. They're taking over the buses that we're putting them on. And that news doesn't break out of DHS. They control that kind of news because they know if Americans knew that this you know, Haitian surge in our country was getting violent on the illegal alien end, they might have you know different thoughts on it. And so they hid that from the American people. And I'll add one more thing, and I know we like to name names on, on War Room. Chief, Chief Ortiz, the head of the Border Patrol, was the one telling the White House uh, this, that their buses were being overrun, okay? In private, he's willing to stand up for the men and women of the Border Patrol. In public, he says the exact opposite and goes along with the Biden border crisis. There's a word for people who do that. It's, it's coward. And these emails just show that Border Patrol itself needs absolutely new leadership to someone who will actually stand up and publicly uh, defend the men and women of Border Patrol. Mike, how, how can people find out more about Heritage's Oversight Project and follow you on social media? Where do they go? Absolutely. At Heritage on Twitter and Getter. I'm at M. Howell Tweets. We are suing the Biden administration left and right. Uh, we're planning 100 lawsuits next year. Tons of documents coming in. We're fighting them in court. Mike, how honor have you on here. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. That is uh, the Oversight Project at Heritage. I want everybody to go over there, Heritage Action, and check this out. It's uh, The work they're doing is incredible across many, many fronts. Let's get Mike Lindell on. Mike, in the next hour, we've got, uh, I've got Sabatini in Florida, uh, Kelly Ward in Arizona. We've got Caroline Wren. Uh, we've got Kurt Schlichter. We've had Harmeet on. Uh, you were on today. Of course, media, I, everybody's picking it up when I talked about, hey, uh, you know, you can't have unity with people that are, don't have common values with you, and that's pr- part of the reason, like in Arizona and other places, you have these elites that are just anti-MAGA, anti-Trump movement, anti-working class people. Uh, I know that you're running this kind of the representative of the precinct strategy. Get us up to date on uh, on what's going on. Well, yeah, I've been my phone's been blowing up, and they said, well, what does Steve mean when he said, ask Mike Lindell how his iron's chair victory would be anything but a disaster so maybe you should clarify that steve what did you mean by that because my phone's blowing up no 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 it was very simple i said hey there's there's uh there can't be any unity when you have uh when you when you're sitting there with uh with people that are never going to support you and so i was asking a rhetorical question you're speaking right, for right, unity about in her about by the way in her in her in her thesis all we need to do is come together for a big group hug. That's just not reality. Right, it's not, right. not no. going to work. There's so many people, and you saw this in Arizona. You're being fought in every state you go into. You're being fought by the elites to say, stop talking about the election. Stop talking about the machines. Right. Stop talking about voter and, fraud. And, Mike and, and, and that's right. And I know I know what you meant, but I think for the for media I watching right now, because they try and twist it, I'm going to tell everybody, here's how this is not a disaster. Uh, we start. I'm right now. I just flew in here. I'm on my airplane. I'm speaking with the grassroots tonight in the, in the state of Tennessee. I mean, I'm going all over. I've been going all over this country for two years with the Republican Party. 
And it's all the way from the precinct strategy, all the way to the precinct minimum, all the way to the top. And meeting with uh, the politicians, the attorney general, secretary of state. These, uh, these people, they don't, it's kind of funny, Steve, you say that, because the, uh, the people at the top, they're the ones that they're taking my phone calls. Now they turn into like four-hour conversations when of these 168, some of them that are very much 100% Rana. And I find myself, you know, talking for hours with them going, um, you know, where do you see the victory here? And, and you're, you know, the disaster will be if we don't get change. And, uh, and that is it. And I'm telling you, you want to unite this party, I will do that 100%. Because I have dealt with everybody from the top all the way up to the, uh, you know, the attorney general, secretary of state, the legislature. But with the RNC and the chairs in every state and the uh, the GOPs in the states, all the way down to the grassroots. So um, you're not you have to. Let me, but, to but, but hang on. But but, but 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 as you're going around the country, be open with people. You are fought by many elites in many states that just want you to stop everything that you're doing on 100%. on election integrity. Yeah, a hundred percent. So how are you going to? Okay. <laughs> We just, we just, we just fought them. They, fight, they fight. By the way, I want to make sure. Hang on, hang on. They fight you harder than Democrats fight you. That's the point. No, Those people can't. Get, we can't. Yeah. No. I don't wonder. This is the first. Uh, that the media has left me like I don't even exist out there on this running for RNC chair. You know, so it's good we got. You know, I got a little publicity today by media saying that. But this, I mean, this is a good thing. Um, but they. Yeah, when Rana came on your show this morning, I watched it. I was so upset going, you're sitting there using everything I said that I'm going to do. You're saying, well, I'm going to do that. Well, it's a little too late, Rana. You haven't done anything. You haven't come in around our country going to the grassroots. The score she talked about. She abandoned Cary Lake, abandoned uh, Arizona. The RNC did. And And these are, you know, and I just, I've gotten texts all day from, you know, Ronnie even abandoned her own, uh, our own candidates in uh, Michigan, her home state. Didn't even congratulate when they won their primaries. Um, and and this is what we're at. And there, the the I will say this, Steve, the elite establishment they don't want me to win. A hundred percent. That's the biggest pushback has been the Republicans for the, for um, getting these election platforms uh, um, secured or, or changed. And and uh, but, like I said, and even in the article they put out, you know, we, they're they're outnumbered. They're a small portion, but they've had so much power, and they're going to have to just say, "Hey, this is what the people want," and that's where you're going to unite us. It has to be all the people what we what we vote for, not for not for uh, having a few people in control and telling us all that. Hey, no, now we're going to do this. Now you've made, now you've raised your hand. We're going to do this. Rana, we raised our hand um, the last four years. We've been raising our hand, going, "Hey, what what's going on? Why can't? Why are we not getting wind? It's over. Things got to change, Steve. They have to change now." By the way, do you think the mainstream media, which is saying Rana's going to win, is because they'd rather have her in there than you and Harmeet? Is that the reason that it's it's and actually even on Harmeet's, they're saying, "Oh, this thing's over. These guys are fighting rearguard action." Got thirty seconds. I want to hold you through for thirty seconds. Give me your response. Uh, they, you mean, do they want Rana? Absolutely, they want Rana. The, 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 uh, the other side wants Rana. They all want Rana. You know, they they want her. The elites want that. She's even she basically come out. That's 
they've, they've come out and she's come out and said it. But I'm the one that's talking to these 168. And as I talk to them, no, it's been, I've only found a few that are, that are not going to, they're not going to change. They're rooted in their, in their base and they, and they don't see the problem. And it's bad. But we've got to get, we've got to get, <laughs> hang on one second. Short break back with. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden, more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, a deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bannon to 989898 and claim your free, no obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bannon to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. ...has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Welcome back. We got Mike Lindell about this RNC race. Mike, uh, you're clearly the voice of the people here. You're clearly the voice of the precinct strategy. Um, you know, Harmeet is making a, a, a huge run for this also. But in your case, if you went, given you've spent two years going around the country on the election fraud and backing people and going to all these meetings and, and having the precinct strategy, really backing Steve Stern and, uh, and Dan Schultz, if you do win next Friday, don't you, although you're a very successful and wealthy businessman, don't you anticipate that some of the biggest donors are going to say, if Mike Lindell's running the RNC, I'm out. Mike Lindell. It's just the opposite, Steve. There was big donors that actually encouraged me to run. They're not going to give any more if Ron is there. Steve, I'll raise more money by accident than Rana ever did on purpose. And here's why. When you when I believe in a product like my pillow, and I believe or anything else that I've that I've uh, that I'm selling, I'm selling it because I believe in the product. And you know what? I would never even get behind anything I didn't believe in. When I'm running the RNC, I'll be those donors are they're gonna pour their money in because they're gonna believe in this product, new product. And it's not going to be, hey, just give me a couple of years. Give me a couple of weeks and you're going to start seeing results, Steve. It's bringing trust back to the RNC. They lost their trust. The big donors, I don't care if she's got her little list of mega donors. That doesn't matter. The people, you know what? The people, the micro donors, they came to me too. We've had it. We want, I was a donor, Steve. We need, we need a new, we need a new brand. I'm a marketer, a brander, and a messenger. Those three things is what we need. We need to complete this to look at like a huge business it is, and it's got to be fixed. The ship's got to be righted, and people, the big donors, the money will pour in. They can use that quote. I'll raise more money by accident than Rana did on purpose. How's that? 
That's uh, that's a money quote. Mediate. I hope you're watching. Okay, Mike. Right. How do people? What are your coordinates to go to go right now and to find out about your fight for the RNC? Where do people go? You know, always you guys download the Frank Speech app, but go to MikeRNC.com. You can go there. You can watch a video. Video. I actually put it out the 168. And uh, you know what? It's been great. The precinct people have just been the precinct committeemen and everything. They've been. They've been, every, everyone's been behind me from the in the grassroots and even for all the way up to the big donors. So get the Frank Speech app, but otherwise go MikeRNC.com. And uh, Steve, I plan on winning. It's going to be amazing. Mike Lindell, a uniter, not a divider. Mike Lindell, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. This thing next week, I'm a Real America's Voice, uh, John Fredericks, we're going to cover this wall-to-wall. This is, you think the intensity is nothing, what it's going to be next week. It's going to be a floor fight, as we asked her meet at the beginning. They're going to get down there. This is going to go old school because Lindell's tough as boot leather. Her meat's tough. Uh, Ronna McDaniel, you heard her this morning on the show. She's not backing off an inch, so this is going to be very intense for these uh, votes. And if, I tell you, if it goes past the first round, all bets are off, because I think that's the big thing, is to make sure it goes past the first round. But we're going to cover it wall-to-wall. Uh, Mo, you, you just got back from, uh, you've been out there all day. Tomorrow we're going to start the show. I'm trying to get, I don't know if Liz York can make it, but I'm trying to get uh, Father Pavone, Jason Jones, some of the others. Here's the key question. Is a lot of people are saying that, and this was the big question, you know, this was always the biggest thing. You know, you'd have hundreds of thousands of people, all of them young people, but then row hit. And people were worried, is the March for Life... Over some of the national, some of the national Catholic groups said, uh, "We're not sending the buses we used to." Tell us today what what happened out there in the intensity. You can tell that the intensity did not back down. There were thousands upon thousands of people there, young families spanning multiple generations, and everyone knows that the fight is not over with. Yes, Roe was overturned, but that doesn't mean we can back off one inch. We have to keep fighting for the unborn and the vo- those that don't have a voice, and the fight will continue, and that was very clear today. From the speakers in, in the rally, uh, were people talking about, because the MSNBC thing was incredibly even-handed, where the young woman, and we had, uh, we had Summer Smith on today from Liberty in the, in the morning. Is the fight now, these young people understand it's going to be 50 states and you're going to have to go state by state by state? They do understand that. And, you know, Students for Life had a booth set up at the expo and they were out there today. Um, they're great organizations that are getting people involved at the younger age in high school and in college. And everyone knows that it is a fight and it's going to have to go state by state. I mean, your alma mater high school was out there, sent a group of gentlemen I up here. Um, and then also, you know, fa- other family members that have high school kids, their high school sent, sent people up here. So they know that it is a fight and it's going to span multiple generations. How long does it take you to thaw out? Um, I'm starting to finally thaw out. <laughs> Cold day. Okay. Uh, tomorrow we're going to start. We're going to have people from the March for Life trying to track down Jason Jones, Father Pavone, some others. Um, you got to go well, ahead. I just wanted to address. Ahead, grab that mic. I just wanted to address. Many people think that this is just a Republican issue, and what actually shocked me is I saw some signs out there that said "Democrats for Pro Life." So that that was very shocking because a lot of people don't think that this is a bipartisan issue, and that you know every. It used to be a lot more bipartisan, particularly given the number of Catholics 
in the in the Democratic Party, but that that has changed. You didn't see a you saw some, but you I, didn't see a lot. I, correct, I saw some, but I'd like to see more yeah. Democrats pro life. No, no, I mean with the Catholics over the Democratic Party, that's one of the big issues. Is how can you be a Democrat right now? They've kind of become the pro abortion party. Okay, tomorrow the show is going to be on fire. We're kicking off the week leading up to uh, to the RNC chair. We also got more on the investigation. We're going to have uh, more on the debt ceiling. We got uh, the the uh, March for Life. It's going to be intense tomorrow. I want everybody back here at ten o'clock next hour. We're going to get even more jacked up. We got uh, we're going to Arizona with uh, Kelly Ward. We're going to have uh, we're going to have Sabatini down in Florida at this emergency meeting. We got Kurt Schlichter is going to be on. Caroline Wren is going to join us, and I've got Joe Allen in the, in the, in the uh, middle. Stick around. Another hour of War Room, and then tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. We're back here live uh, in studio. We'll see you tomorrow morning, but stick around for this next hour. It's only going to get more intense. The RNC really starts to heat up, and we've got, uh, we've got uh, battle reports from Florida and Arizona today. Take a short commercial break. We'll be back in a second. Folks, let me tell you about Solti. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. WARROOM POSSE, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency.